0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, cats and dogs, and alligators fighting off pythons in the Florida swamps. It's Thursday at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, Eastern Time. And you know what that means. It's Tea with BBP. Hey, everybody out there. I'm your host, BBP, also known as Bill Van Patten, your diva in SLA. We are live from the second floor of Wells Hall on the Michigan State University campus in beautiful... eh, but gray and somewhat snowy. Doesn't quite know what it wants to do. whether East Lansing, right? It's been kind of. I walked to class and it was like, mm-hmm. am I gonna snow? Am I not gonna snow? Yeah. Am I gonna snow? Am I not gonna snow? Anyway, with me here in the studio are Walter Hopkins and Angelica Kramer. You guys want to say hi? Or no?
1: You go right ahead.
2: <laughs> Hello, everybody. Herzlich willkommen an diesem wunderschönen Donnerstag.
1: There we go. Mm-hmm. Hello, everybody. Es ist ein Programm, von einer
0: <laughs> 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 i am not even going to say anything oh my, oh my god oh my god at first i thought
2: it was french and then i'm like is this Arabic?" and then i'm like what is going on oh, really?
0: i thought maybe he converted to new religion he was speaking in tongues i didn't know what it was it's like oh my <laughs> what was that walter i
1: don't
2: know can you repeat that
0: <laughs> no, he can't. <laughs> Walter can't. We gotta make Walter do that. Poor Walter. My God, we are so excited. Have you, have you been watching the campaign and the Twitter sphere and an email and stuff for Walter for president? Oh, good grief!
2: My goodness. <laughs> Have quite you? the following. You have quite... The, you need, slogan. You need a slogan. You need a
0: slogan like, you know... Ooh, don't yeah. vote for me. <laughs> like, you know, ready for ready for Walter or make SLA great again or, you know, something like that. Mm. You know, get, that's what we should do is have a contest. Okay, those of you out there who are trying to get Walter to be president, you need to <laughs> send in a slogan. We're going to have a contest for the best slogan. But for by next week, we want Walter for president slogans. Okay, again, like... Ready for Walter or make This is kind of funny was last
1: week that he was telling people to call in and he would give them a prize if they argued with me? And now yeah, he's saying, yeah. we want you to help us vote for Walter for president. What, you oh can't God. argue with the
0: landlord? What? Oh. What is this? <laughs> Showing a little love today. I love you and I disagree with you all the time because mm-hmm. you're an idiot. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just <gasps> kidding. I'm just kidding. Walter B-V-P. is not. Walter is my right hand man. I don't know what I would do without Walter. You know that? Hmm. I, take him, I take probably. him everywhere with me. Yeah. I do. He's like a pocket Walter. I just take him everywhere with me. I want a pocket Walter. I know. Just, he's like Walter for pocket Walter. <laughs> <laughs> Walter for pocket president. That'd be, uh, maybe that should be uh, Oh, Yeah. That could be your slogan. Pocket Walter. Walter for president. The pocket president. No. <laughs> <laughs> what does that even mean? Well, the, the public gets to take you everywhere and you get to I don't know I don't know what it means. I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm having these terrible lull days. How about you all? This, I think it's the weather. Mm-hmm. It just, it's just not sunny enough. I'm getting that sad. That what is that seasonal affective disorder, distemper, or whatever it's called. Yeah. <laughs> seasonal affective what? What's it yeah, called disorder? disorder. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god, I am. Or maybe I'm just period sad. Not you know just like you know sad sad. I don't know. But this why is why like,
2: would you be sad? You have us. That's and true. all the wonderful listeners. That's
0: true. Well, the listeners, yes. I will I will say yes about the listeners. They they do make me happy. You She's should spike your yes tea, one
2: of our is. listeners is saying.
0: Oh, already. Already <laughs> the listeners are starting in on me, right? Listeners? Thanks. All right. Agree we with We also
2: these. have somebody who is suggesting a slogan for your presidential race here. Yeah, let's hear, it. let's hear it. It is Walter Hopkins. He's not the Donald.
0: <laughs> Ooh. So it's like an anti-slogan. I like that. I like that. That's good. That's good. Um, and speaking of contests, not only do we want a contest for, uh, for a slogan for Walter, so keep that in mind, send it in or call it in or whatever. People who call in today, by the way, call in with a slogan when you call in with your questions and your comments today or when you take the quiz. But we also want to remind people that we have another prize coming up. We gave a prize last week to the 1,000th – One thousandth. I can't say that. Say it for me, Walter. 1,000th. You say it for me.
2: 1,000th. (laughs) Say it. It's hard. I can't say it.
0: Okay. For the um, (laughs) 1,000th subscriber to our newsletter – um, and that was was that that was Gretchen, right? Or was it Have you, was a Greta. Greta. It was Greta. It was mm-hmm. Greta, right? And so she got a prize. And so we're having a second contest as a follow up. The person who is number one, 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 one as a subscriber—how do you say that? That's one thousand one hundred eleventh person subscribing will get a prize from us. So uh, encourage your friends to do that. If they're the one hundred and no one thousand one hundred eleventh person, you can split the prize with them. So. Um, Let's get those names coming in. You might get have to rip list. it in half, but
1: you know what? The prize. No, we'll make you know. sure. We'll
0: make sure we'll w- send two out or something like that. we we'll, we'll, we're we're nice, Walter. Rip the prize. You know, jeez, rip the prize. Rip the prize in half. What is this? I don't know. What is this? Violent. I tell you, we're not going to rip Midwestern anything. Midwestern frugality, half. I guess. <laughs> By the way, did you guys see? Um, Luca posted this for us. Um, I don't know if he put it out on Twitter. We might r- ask him to do this. But there was this really neat thing on YouTube. Uh, I love the term YouTube. Don't you like? I like YouTube. That's like kind of reminds me of Bono. You know, like YouTube because um, I still don't know what I'm looking for. Okay, anyway. But anyway, so YouTube, <laughs> there was this thing called, it was a black box video, uh, b- a videocast cast two. Um, and it was about, it was based on um, a lecture I gave or something I, I, or, or a paper I, I did. And the people who put this together actually did this really neat graphic thing you know, where the hand writes and the little images come up. Mm-hmm. You know, like Captain Kangaroo. I mean, that's how old I am. Um, Captain Kangaroo, would, you know, the magic pen would, things would appear on the screen. Anyway, so they did black box video cast on mental representation and skill, and it was really, really good, so I encourage everybody to go out there and look at it. It was really fun to watch, because it was entertaining, you know? We like that kind of stuff, right? No, I found it.
1: It was, it was enjoyable and informative. It was good, it was well done. You watched I, it? I did watch it, yes I did. I can give
0: you a quiz on it right now and you could answer? Well, it's been a little while since I watched it, but <laughs> I don't know, Okay, so I'm, I don't know. but I'm gonna, I'm gonna start writing some ideas down. I'm gonna give you a quiz later on and see what you remember about that. I'll have to watch it again during the show. Walter, uh, you know those of you listening. Walter only pays attention to me about half the time, so right. I'm surprised he went on the online and looked at that. But <laughs> <laughs> well, Angelica, what is our topic for the week?
2: Uh, teacher education. What should teacher education be all about?
0: What should it be about? What should or what should the components be? What are the components? And we're hoping to get some good people calling in on this. If you want to get in on that conversation, you know how to do it. You call us at what number, Walter? One eight hundred.
1: No, no, sorry. 517-884-4321 eight, eight, four, four, Don't
0: confuse our audience just because you have a lot of 800 numbers lined up in your yeah. phone book doesn't mean it. Okay, again that's 517-884-4321. Right. Eight, eight, four, four, Give us a call. Um, we do not have Dustin personing the lines today. Dustin is doing something different today. Won't tell you what he's doing, but his fingers are rapidly moving over a soundboard today because he's he's training for um Dan's job, Dan Trago's job, for a short time. So he's doing that. And we will have the lovely intern, Emma, taking your calls. So if you get a female voice, please do not call her Dustin. That's Emma answering the phone. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, again, the phone number is 517-884-4321. You can tweet as well. You can... uh, you can uh, email us. You can Mixler. Or Angelica is looking at all the stuff on Mixler, um, but please call in because we do like the, we like the interaction. That's what we're here about. We want to hear from you and talk to you. Again, this is a call-in show, not a write-in show, right, Walter? That is absolutely correct. Call in. So again, like I please always say, call.
1: We want to hear your voices.
0: Get your fingers out of that Krispy Kreme box and start hitting the buttons on your phone. Again, five one seven eight eight four four three two one.
1: We've already got something on. Twitter for you. Do you want okay, to see well, it? well, No, no it's just something for you to see. What is it? Oh, yeah, it's Jason. From Jason, he oh, says, I sending you that. sunny greetings from our school in Southern California.
0: Oh well, thanks, Jason. I hate you. You can't call in now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay. Not only do we want to hear your comments because this topic is about teacher education, we are actually hoping that you will call in and tell us about your own personal stories about teacher education. What is it that you studied? Um, How were you prepared? Do you feel you were prepared? Were you underprepared, overprepared? What do you think needs a change? What do you wish you would have had for teacher education, if anything at all? Um, And, you know, just let us know about your own personal experience in that regard. And don't forget our SLA Challenge Quiz, as usual. Some lucky call-in person can take a stab at our SLA Challenge Quiz and win one of our wonderful Tea with BVB prizes. Now, remember, we do not just go in some closet and find some junk in the closet and pull it out like Rachel Maddow does on her show. That's what she does. They clean out the office once a week on the Rachel Maddow show, and they give prizes to people.
2: Oh, I should do that.
0: We don't do that. We don't. Oh. You might do that, but I'm not going <laughs> <laughs> to do that. We act- next week, Angelica's
1: shoes. <laughs> <laughs>
0: exactly. Oh, I found this leftover Tic Tac. Here you go. Um, no, we actually have special made prizes that have... Either T with a VVP on them, on the logo that's used somehow, or we have a book ticket, we have something. So call in and you can win that prize. Uh, Again, remember, you're calling in and you're going to tell Emma today um, that you want to do the SLA challenge quiz. Um, And uh, remember, we always want you to tell your friends and colleagues, spouses, loved ones, your exes. We'll take exes. We don't care if you don't like them anymore. Have them call in, have them join us, have them sign up for our newsletter. Okay, so I'm going to get the ball rolling and talk about the topic, okay? Because I'm gonna, thr- should I thr- should I be controversial, or should I just let people call in and say what they wanna say? No, should
2: be I controversial.
0: I don't know if I'll be controversial, okay? The topic in is about teacher education, and, and I have, as usual, an opinion about this. Uh, so surprising. Wow. This, is what I like about this is what I like about being an academic. I get paid to have an opinion, but unlike other people's opinion, mine are always informed. Okay, minor. I don't call my opinions opinions. I actually call them conclusions. Uh, so I'm going to start off with a comment today. It could be rather bold. I don't know. We'll see what people have to say. That I, I think that in spite of a lot of good work that goes on in teacher education, there is a lot of good work out there. Um, I'm going to I'm going to throw out to the audience that I don't think language educators get enough work in a couple of areas. One is the nature of language itself. As well as the nature of communication, just what is language? What is communication? Do people walk out of teacher education with a solid idea of what these things are that they are purporting to help their learners get? Do they have working definitions and concepts of those things? Um, the other thing I don't think they get much of is I don't think they get enough about the nature of acquisition and the nature of skill development. So, what does it really mean to acquire language? How does skill development? I mean, in real a real sense of what those things mean, with examples that they can cite and quote and use and so on, and then. Of course, what do all those things mean for language teaching? How do you take those things and inform language teaching with them? Um, so uh, I, have a, I have a concern, and one of my concerns is that the stuff that's happened in teacher education over the years is there's been a split between schools of education and humanities departments. And I don't know when this happened. It was before my time, before our time. Uh, but humanities places used to be where you got teacher education you used to get information on language teaching and language acquisition and so on. But humanities departments sort of divorced themselves from that. Education has taken over that. And I don't know that there are a lot of language experts in schools of education. And I think that the way humanities departments have evolved, there's not many language experts anymore in the humanities departments. So I think that we've created a split here that's been detrimental to teacher education. I'm not saying move teacher education back. I'm not saying any of that. I think we just need to look at where it is right now and see if there's anything missing and what we can do about it, if, 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 if I'm correct with my analysis of what it is. So, uh, and with that said, I think that what happens in schools of education is that language becomes, and I'm going to put this in quotes, a subject matter. And I want to argue that language and communication are not subject matters to be taught. They are not subject matters to be taught like history or math or English literature, or whatever else you can find, social sciences and so on. It's just not, language is something different from those. And so to treat them as subject matter and content that could be taught in another way I think is problematic. And I think that is something that we need to get at in terms of teacher education. Are we are we, are we we actually acting like language is subject matter? Um, so I, w- I want to emphasize that today, that it's not subject matter. Um, now, um, I'm also not convinced, I'll say this, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but I'm also not convinced that the model we have, which is, you know, go to the Spanish department, go to the French department, get language, then come over to teach education, and we'll teach you how to teach, or we'll talk about education. here. I don't think that's a model, necessarily, that's useful. Well, I think there should be much more interaction between the disciplines. And that's all I'm going to say. I threw my ideas out. So um, if, if you want, you guys can react to that, or we can take a call. Should I take a call? How about I take a call? We have a call. We have Valerie from somewhere in Oregon. Hopefully she's not with those people trying to oh, uh, take over the yeah. uh, bird sanctuary. <laughs> Valerie, you're not taking over the bird sanctuary, Valerie, are you?
3: Oh, no. That's nowhere near me. Oh, uh, <laughs> Thank
0: goodness. Well, Valerie, how's the weather out there in Oregon today?
3: Uh, blue skies and sun, so that's oh. all we can ask for. Okay, Hi. I'm going to hate
0: you as much as Jason now. Okay, that, <laughs> you should see the picture that Jason uh, sent to us on Twitter with the beautiful palm trees and the blue skies. So, but but good for you, you have good weather. We're we're happy. For we're you. glad for you. We're Valerie. happy for you. We, have, we we're can't still compl- in
3: the fifties, so it's not hmm. like marvelous.
0: Oh, well, excuse me, that's like May around here. <laughs> <laughs> actually, no, we can't complain too much, Val. We're having a great mild winter, so we're, we're, we're very fortunate. So, what do you want to talk about, Val? Are you gonna talk about your experience? You have a question for us? What do you think about teacher I education?
3: Have a, I have a question for you, and actually I'm calling for some advice. Okay. I am I'm going to start a master's program for teacher education to become a licensed teacher starting this year. Good for and after you. Listening, yeah, thank you. And after listening to your show, I started getting <clears throat> concerned that uh, the they're still calling it a foreign language, that sort of the how to teach foreign language section of my teacher education right. would be, I don't know, potentially based in stuff from the 1950s, 1960s. And so I set up an appointment with the professor this afternoon, actually, a few hours after this program is over, to talk to him about the philosophy of his part of the program. Correct. And I I don't know how to approach him. I don't know what to ask. I don't, I'm a little nervous. And I'm wondering if you have any suggestions on how to politely approach this professor and and try to help myself get the most I can out of this program.
0: Okay. Well, the first thing I would tell you, Valerie, is do me a favor and do not mention my name at all. <laughs> no, just um, no, I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. I hear what you're saying, and uh, I think it's good that you're questioning the program. We should all, no matter what we do in life— Uh, whether it's go get a driver's license or get married or start a new MA program. Get as much information on what we're doing as possible, how it works, because we just need to know those things, right? Uh, So good for you that you're not just sleeping into it. Um, If I understand you correctly, you want to know, you basically want to know if this program's going to provide you with a 21st century perspective on language acquisition and language teaching that will be useful for you when you go into the classroom. That's what you want to know, right?
3: Exactly. So that I'm not just paying thousands of dollars for a piece of paper and then doing my own research.
0: I think the first thing, and probably the only thing, because you don't want to insult your professor, you don't, and you don't want to insult anyone because these people are working hard and they really believe in what they're believing in. So we don't want to insult them. Uh, But you might just ask, what are the courses you're going to take? And And then say, what courses specifically are there about language and language acquisition that are going to help me understand my learners as language learners? And I think if you ask them that question, you might engage in an interesting conversation. So maybe maybe just ask that, huh? Just say, what courses am I going to be taking that are going to focus on language and language acquisition so that I can better understand um, my students as language learners and have appropriate expectations for what they can do? Great. That might be the question to ask. In fact, I'd be interested. Why don't you do that, Val? You're, you're going to go in a couple hours, you say, and talk to him. Yes. Do us a favor. Call us back next week, even though topic. Well, the topic is going to be related. I'll reveal the topic next week. But call us back next week and just let us know how the conversation went. I'd be interested to see how that worked.
3: Okay, I will. And then while I'm on the phone, I want to let you know that. Oh, I wanted to say hi to my friend Paula, who's actually listening to you in Argentina. Oh wow. She's an English. Yeah, she's an English teacher in Argentina, and she's been here as a Fulbright scholar, and she loves your program as well, and we have been excited for days about me calling in live. Awesome.
0: Hola, Paula, me tienes que llamar, mándanos algo por Twitter or algo, Paula, okay? Si estás escuchando, Paula, tienes que mandarnos algo por correo por algo, okay? So there I just just said hi. Okay, great. Well, that's wonderful. Thank you for having people all around the world listening to us. That's great.
1: You're welcome. All around the um, world, people listen to us. Oh, wait, sorry.
0: <laughs> see, Valerie, see what well, my life you. is like, Valerie. I can only imagine what it's like to be his wife. I, <laughs> I,
2: oh, come on. <laughs> anyway. Well, good luck with the conversation, Valerie. Yes, Valerie. Valerie I
0: think yeah, that's and great, really, honestly, I, I expect you to call back next week and give us a little report on that, okay?
3: I will. I'll take notes so that I can report back next week.
0: Perfect. Good for you. Okay. All right. Okay. okay. Talk thank to you. you. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay. Thanks, Valerie. Bye. I like that, that phone call. That was a good, I like Valerie. That was an interesting thing to say, you know, that I can, because mm-hmm. I like the fact that she wants to take control of the mm-hmm. conversation yep. and find out what's really going to happen. And and again, you know, my job is not to, I, I don't want to give people out there the, the impression that I don't like teacher education, I don't like what people are doing. All I'm suggesting that my experience and people calling in here is that I get the sense that people don't know enough about language and language acquisition to help them understand the context of what they're doing and i I think that's missing everything else is probably fine i'm just talking about something i think is missing so if the more that we can promote that that's all i want to do is promote language and language acquisition for people i
1: think the biggest thing i went through a teacher education program i think the biggest thing missing for me i I had a great a, a great experience in teacher education uh and i felt really well prepared in terms of dealing with classroom management and you know uh those types of things but I think one of the things that was missing was really the models I think that the hard part was that it's hard to to see all the stuff you're studying and you don't see it you don't see anyone else doing it so you think, well how in the world can I implement this because I don't see anyone else doing it and in other I words
0: think, you didn't have any input
1: well well I didn't have any real life input in ter- I mean you got lots of input from from re- like you're reading lots of things and you're healing, hearing a lot of things about communicative language teaching no, I'm and I'm talking about second input language acquisition and <laughs>
0: I'm talking about input the way you didn't have any input
1: right i am agreeing with what you're saying. I'm simply saying though that, that it was more for me like if I were had been able to go observe a teacher actually teaching using sound principles of second language acquisition um in in a in a high school or a middle school classroom, I think I would have been I would have been like, oh, now I see how this is being put into place, but I wasn't anywhere where I was. Observing or, or, or seeing other teachers teach, that wasn't what was taking place, and so that it was hard. You know, when you try yeah. try to take try to take what you're reading or what you're what you're studying, and and you're not able to uh, you're not able to put it into context because you're you're not actually seeing anyone else doing it. Right, right. So. You yeah.
0: and. Actually, there's a couple of uh, Twitter comments here I read out loud that actually kind of agree with what I said and dovetails with what Walter just said. There's a Katie who um, tweeted us and she said she was looking forward to this topic because she felt like there was no SLA in her program at all. So um, she might have got out there with wrong expectations about language and, and how language is acquired, making probably engaging in behaviors that weren't the most conducive for development proficiency and so on. Um, so, and that's again, that's something I hear all the time when I get invited to speak and I give keynotes at, at language conferences and, and foreign language, not, what you call, not foreign languages, but a world language, um, their annual meetings, what do you mm-hmm. call them, you know, state meetings and so on. I, I get lots of people are surprised about the things I talk about, they go, I didn't know that. And so I, I think I sympathize with Katie here saying I feel like there was no SLA in my program. Um, There's somebody else here who said I want people to call in and let us react to this. If you call us and tell us about your own experience. This person says that her teaching experience was not good. Um, she said she learned everything via student teaching. And then she puts honestly. We hear that sometimes too. You, know, it's, you, know, you learn more by doing than by mm-hmm. studying. But uh, there could be various reasons for that and why. So you know, if your experience was like that, let us know. If your experience was different, call us in. We'd like to hear success stories too. Um, So um, you know, we just you know, we don't know what's out there. We don't know what people's experiences are until you call and tell us. Did anybody say anything on Mixler? Yeah, a
2: number of people um, commented on the same thing with no SLA. Um, Eric said that actually right as as the show started. Sarah mentioned that too. A couple of people who said that. Um, Jason also said, "What about theater training?" And as you mentioned earlier, too, effective communication strategies. Yeah. So, yeah, lots of things. Yeah.
0: So you know, so uh, you know, uh, d- I think there was actually uh, well to check the email for us, the the T with BBP email, see if we got. It. I think w- there was a question that just came in. Um, but we got another tweet here that says. Um, Um, this is interesting. This is from a a Megan. I won't say her last name, of course. And she actually says she can't say enough good things about the methods class that she took at her institution. She said the SLA research was alive and well, lots of emphasis on proficiency. And this, to me, is telltale. So Megan, you're not going to like what I have to say. She puts, in real practice, teaching vocabulary, grammar, and culture in context and in the TL. And what I would say to you, Megan, is if you're a, if you are teaching vocabulary and grammar through the TL, then you miss something in, in the trim because we would actually be arguing that that's not quite what should be going on. So on the one hand, she had a really good experience, which we don't want to deny, but on the other hand, I think that this is what's going on sometimes in our, in our education is that we're treating it again like subject matter and language is not subject matter. So um, I'm gonna stop saying that because I'm gonna get in trouble. I know someone's gonna yell at me. Um, I was hoping I'm gonna do a call out on this, by the way, because does anybody know who Pete Swanson is?
2: No, who's Pete Swanson?
0: You don't know who Pete Swanson who's is? Pete Swanson? Shame on both of you. Shame on your little actful souls. Pete Swanson is wow. well, then. Pete Swanson. I think we should leave. Pete Swanson is our actful president. He's the president of Actful right now.
2: Well, they change every year. How can I keep up with that?
0: Well, because you're a member of Backbone, and you read the stuff, and you just know these things. Well, anyway, Pete, Pete is a friend of mine. I know him. Um, I'm actually working with him on a grant with some really great people. He's put a great team together. Um, uh, Allie Muller from from Nebraska. People, I just won't even keep saying that. There's like six of us on there. They're really good people. And we're tackling questions about teacher retention in urban settings and so on. Um, but, but Pete is a teacher educator par excellence and that his field is actually teacher education. He looks at factors that affect teachers, factors that affect teacher retention, um, how teachers should get educated and so on. And I was trying to cajole him into calling today because I would really, really like for somebody like that to call in, to get a perspective from someone who actually is considered a teacher educator in the classic sense. But I think he may be on the road or involved in meetings. So, But anyway, Pete, I'm doing a shout out to you right now, because if you can call in, that'd be great. And if there's anybody out there teaching a teacher education course or a so-called methods course, call in and tell us what you're doing and what you think. Um, and we also kind of want to know what you think the limits are. What can we actually possibly do? Maybe I'm asking for too much, I don't know. You know, so... Um, but you know, I always had high expect. I mean, I mean, I I am a diva, you know. I like that. I have to have high expectations, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know. Like Walter, that sweater, that shirt. Just kidding, <laughs> just kidding. I would never comment on I'm Walter's. My head anyway. I'd never comment on Walter's attire. I, I think your never. shirt
2: and your sweater are just fine.
0: I Thank would you. never comment on Walter's attire, except sure. I would emphasize the word "tire" in there. As in tired. (laughs) That's all I would say. You're so
2: funny. (laughs) It's not even funny.
0: Um, Let's go to the phones again. I think uh, we have uh, Jan from Minnesota on the phone. Is there a Jan on the line waiting to talk to us? There is a Jan on the line. Yay, Jan. What part of Minnesota are you calling from? Can you tell us? Uh,
4: I am in Delano, Minnesota, which is just west of Minneapolis.
0: Okay, and please tell us that it's not sunny with palm trees there.
4: Um, it is sunny, but there are no palm trees.
0: Okay.
1: Is there snow on the ground? There's
4: beautiful white snow and blue skies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. That's gonna
0: be us, I think. Later today or tomorrow is supposed to get blue skies we had and beautiful blue skies. Yesterday morning, hmm. yeah. Blue in. skies. What's that song? Oh, All right, Jan. So Jan, he's alive. So Jan t- <laughs> there you go, Jan. Oh, I love, I love Jan already. I love this caller. Okay, Jan. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Are you a teacher, a teacher educator, both? What do you do?
4: Uh, well, I'm an independent consultant. I do um, in services for world language K twelve education. Oh, good. Um, for you. Yeah. And in in the past, I was the world language specialist at the Minnesota Department of Education, and oh. I had interesting insight into what higher education programs uh, think it, language acquisition is.
0: Oh, okay. Because
4: so in our state process, the a higher ed institution has to submit their program of study for teacher licensure to the State Department of Education and show that they meet all of the state standards for the teacher licensure. And one of the standards for teacher licensure in our state is the teacher candidate understands the language acquisition process.
0: Yes, you know, actually... I'm sorry, Jan, but before you go on, I'm, I'm seeing that more and more. We just did, we did our Michigan standards recently. We're reexamining some of those those points um, this last year. So go, go on. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, and
4: so when they submit their program for approval, they need to show in which course in the program of study the student is going to address that content standard uh, and, and how they will demonstrate that they've met the standard. And two or three times, in the four years that I was in that position working in licensure, uh, I had a higher institution um, program say they met the standard for understanding the language acquisition process in their advanced grammar class.
0: Say that again, girlfriend. I want to hear that again.
4: Okay, I will say I know because it's so unbelievable. I would twirl around in my swivel chair. Um, the, <laughs> A, a, a reputable um, public and private four-year institutions for teacher licensure and language education said that they met the content standard of understanding the process of language acquisition in their advanced grammar courses.
1: <laughs> wow. <laughs> Interesting. And
4: so my recommendation, of course, would send it back and say you need to you know, find out what language acquisition is. And then resubmit your application and tell us, you know, when you teach that. So, you know, I had to spell out for higher ed, no, no, it's not advanced grammar class.
0: Right. Yeah. They
4: were absolutely clueless. So this disconnect of understanding the brain process and language acquisition, it, it goes right up. The food chain.
0: So, so let me ask you, Jan. Why do you think they did that? What do you think? Where do you think that idea came from to put that in the standards or meeting the requirements that way? Where do you think that came from?
4: Well, I know with the teacher standards when they were revised in the past decade, um, that that specific language of the teacher candidate understands the language acquisition process was put in there by the language education profession who you know reviewed and gave all of their feedback Mm -hmm. it's when it gets to the higher ed institutions and they have to know now show that their program meets all of the new standards there's not understanding at the higher ed institution and the department of education or whoever is you know creating those programs of study
0: yeah, you know, I, I, I'm I going to admit, I'm going to throw something out there. I wrote a little paper on this that came out this last March in Hispania. It caused some controversy, I'm still calling some controversy, um, called Where are the Experts? And I think that um, I, I didn't mean to denigrate anybody or, or, or to cast aspersions. I was just basically asking the, the question is, where are the people who know about language and language acquisition are to help this kind of stuff along um, because there's not a lot of us out there. And so I think, Jan, what you're pinpointing is, th- is that there are probably a lot of departments um, at universities that don't, um, that don't have people who can address these issues, uh, right? Exactly. Yeah. And,
4: and I want to add in, too, on the air that most of the you know, Minnesota institutions who are contributing in their program of study do understand language acquisition and at least they're, they're addressing it in some way, whether it's a strong way or a weak way, um, but it, it just really did surprise me from some real reputable institutions that, you know, they showed that they were clueless.
0: Yeah, and are you still working as a consultant? you said you're working uh, you're a consultant, but are you still working with the state of Minnesota? you still working on some of these things to help provide them input, no pun intended?
4: Uh I'm I'm no longer at the Department of Education but I, I still do connect all the way with uh um, the profession through all the organizations and yeah. Well, good for you. So we're working on it, but boy. Uh, and, and I think the positive note is is that our profession got to put it into the standards for teacher licensure. Uh huh. So now, in, in a very direct way, the higher ed institutions have to address it.
0: Well, guess who is going to be the plenary slash keynote speaker for the Minnesota Language Conference this next fall?
4: Well, tell us. <laughs>
0: Yours truly, so I will be and I will be <laughs> at your conference in the fall. Yes, I've been invited and accepted of course, so I'll be there in the fall. So
4: Yay, lucky us.
0: Yeah, well, no lucky me because I love visiting I love Minnesota. I think I think the people in Minnesota are great people. I, I, I've never had a bad experience in Minnesota. I have to tell you one thing though, I do not like the Delta terminal there. It's too big. To spread out, because whenever <laughs> I, like I fly, when I fly west, sometimes well, I can go well, directly from you Detroit. Get
4: your steps in on your little, um, you know, health meter thing.
0: S- say yeah. that again. What's that?
4: You you get you get your steps in. Oh, on that's that's true. On thing. my Fitbit, yeah, yeah, that's on true. your Fitbit. That's what they are. Yep, you get your Fitbit steps in.
0: All right, Jan. Well, thank you for calling in, and uh, we will be in touch with you because we want to hear more about what's going on in Minnesota. And well, maybe I'll see you in the fall. How's that?
4: There, we will see each other. Yes, indeed.
0: Okay. All right then. Thank you very much for thank calling you. in. Have Thanks a great calling, day. Jan. Enjoy the blue skies bye, today. Jan. Okay. Bye bye. I just got a reminder from our producer. That, did you do you all remember? I, I, that was I love Jan by the way. I, I don't know who she is. I have no idea who she is. But that was a great. Phone call. We have yeah. met, apparently.
2: Um, Karen told us on Mixler that she's in the picture at the live broadcast at
0: Act. Oh, okay. But we're there were go- go- so many people. We're going to have to uh-huh. go back and look at that. Um, I just, real quickly, um, well, no, I'll, I'll, I'll save that for later. I was uh, going to make a little announcement, I'll save that for later because I want to I go to the phones again. Um, Walter, keep, keep minding the. Um, I've got the T with emails. BVP emails in case. Whenever but you're ready, we've got for somebody me. in the line. We have um, uh, Darren from Bewitched on the line again. I think, <laughs> Darren, are you on the phone?
5: Yeah, I'm here.
0: Da-dun, 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 yeah. Da-dun, da-dun, da-dun. I I know you I'm, get that all the time. Probably don't heard you? that far too don't, many times. I know. Don't you get that all the time?
5: Uh-huh.
0: Do people ask you where's Samantha?
5: That's funny. Do they ask
0: you how's Tabitha? Do they don't do that to you?
5: No, no. Well, you know, oddly enough, um, when I was 20 years old, you know, and this wasn't planned, by the way, but I actually ended up dating somebody named Tabitha.
0: Get out of <laughs> here.
5: No, I'm serious. But I didn't, I wasn't consciously aware of it, nor did I even think about it when I dated her. It wasn't until my mom mentioned it.
0: Because that's totally weird, like the father dating the daughter, you know, that's like really weird. <laughs>
5: <laughs> um. But no, I was going to tell you, beat me to it, but I was going to tell you that no, I am not Darren from Bewitched. I'm just,
0: uh, Aye, we, I not Darren. We know but, that. Uh, um,
5: so but what, I would rather, I don't know if I'd rather be Dick Clark or Dick Sargent, though. I'm not sure, but,
0: um, ooh, yeah, okay. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll we'll get, we'll, we'll get out of, you mean Dick York? Dick York was the other one. It was Dick York and Dick Sargent, right? The okay. two Darrens, yeah. You're right. Right. Yeah. So what are you calling about, Darren? So, What's up today?
5: Um, well, you know, it was interesting when I was coming home from, uh, from work and then you mentioned about how world language is not a subject, you know, like history or science and it was just funny because you know I read the topic on my way home and, or before I came home and in the car I'm thinking okay maybe I should call in and I thought actually about that that how you know the language is not a topic it's you know like retreat like history or math or whatever. Um, but I just thought that was interesting. Cause I'm like, wow, I just thought about that. But, um, I guess like, you know, based on the topic we're talking about, about, um, you know, what we want to see as uh language teachers, what we want to see like in the college of that, uh, you know, college of ed in the university. But, um, I just kind of wonder like when I was in the college of ed and my methods classes, basically we talked about theory. We talked about the history of language learning, like the behavior. I mean, obviously you have to excuse me cause I don't know. I don't remember all these, but the audio lingual method and et cetera and et cetera. And Stephen Krashen has been mentioned before in the class too, from what I remember, but there was no, and there was a class that was uh, comprised of world language teachers and ESL teachers. And I remember we had like a book about sheltered instruction was the textbook that we had to buy. And we did something like an activity of how to create like a PSYOP. I don't know if you know what that means, but I can't even remember what the acronym even stands for. It's like sheltered instruction observation or something like that. Right, right. Yeah. But other than that, I mean, there was no ever word about any, you know, comprehensible input. There was nothing about uh, TPRS or anything like that mentioned in class. And, um, you know, when I actually did find out about TPRS and communicative language teaching was when I was student teaching for my actual former Spanish teacher in high school. Now, she didn't teach that way when I was actually her student, but years later when I came back and I I student taught for her, um, that's when I first learned about TPRS and that was in 2004, which was, so this is nothing new, you know, um, but, uh, I guess um, what I'm kind of asking is, um, well, one thing I wanted to mention, I guess, is that I think, you know, I don't know if it's necessarily the, you know, the people's fault, the teachers who are going into the work, you know, into their classrooms, you know, because they're just learning what they're learning in their, in their college class. And I've had this experience before where I would be working in my world language department and a couple other teachers I've speak, spoken to before can attest that a lot of times, you know, it could actually divide a world language department in a, in a class, in a school. You know, um, you might have somebody who's very grammar driven. And, and like you said, they talk about the language versus the other teacher who's actually using the language. And they're both in the same department with the same um, uh, common assessments and things like that. Right. To the point to where maybe they don't even speak to each other anymore. Right. Because they don't understand what the other is doing in class right. or something like that.
0: Yeah, that, that, that certainly happens. That certainly happens. Um, and, and that, again, is partly a, 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 a result of two things, either how people were trained and educated and then how schools and places allow people to continue their own professional development right? Um, and what incentives right. they have to professionally develop. So, um, so you know, I, I think there are multiple issues going on there, but with the, the, uh, the situation you describe it exists at all levels. It exists in elementary, it exists in, in secondary, and it exists in the university environment as well. Uh-huh. So, uh, um, you know, it depends on, 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 uh, uh, on the kind of program. University levels can be a little bit different because like here, for example, I actually direct a Spanish program. So, it's more of a top-down where we have proficiency outcomes that are dictated and they're they're assessed in certain ways and we do certain things. So, you know, so there's much more of a, uh, of some central ideas going on. Um, as opposed to here's, here's a book and go teach it. And then everybody teaches it in any way they want, because they're just basically teaching the book as a subject matter. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. And
5: basically from what you said from like a couple shows earlier about, uh, you know, the publishers and the textbooks. And then, yeah, it's just so much easier to go by that and everything that they're claiming that it's actually communicative language teaching. But you might say it's not necessarily communicative language teaching necessarily.
0: Oh, don't get me going about publishers. I, I right. mean, I, I, <laughs> I, right, I love okay. publishers because I work with publishers. But um, I have to tell you that the one thing I do not like is the way they will twist and turn whatever they can into a preface to make their book sounds like something it isn't. And it's not the authors who do it. Well, sometimes there are authors out there who don't know what community language teaching is. I'm gonna go ahead and say that. And they can call yeah. in and yell at me if they want. But there are. Um, but then there, there there are authors who do, but because we can't quite do the materials the way we want to them, the publisher will still twist and do things. And that's all part of marketing. And you kinda have to just bite your tongue and bear it, I guess, I don't know. Right. Um, but that's why we wanna make sure that people are informed. We want informed textbook adopters, so.
5: Um, I was wondering, do you think that professors like in methods classes do not mention comprehensible input or storytelling because they're not necessarily researchers of SLA or maybe they don't necessarily believe in the method of TPRS and other comprehensible input strategies?
0: If I were to be honest in answering your question, and I will be, Darren, I would say it, it it could be one of two things, if not both. One is they could be not knowledgeable. Um, there I won't say who or what, but there was there's almost an entire generation of people educated with a particular book about language teaching um, that um, who to this day don't know about the role of input in language acquisition. I, and I won't, I won't say who the author right. was, that person's retired. Um, but a whole generation of people, and this is not that long ago. this person did not retire like 40 years ago. this person retired, it, in the 21st century, and to have that that materials out there be a leading textbook in world languages to train and educate people, and 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 basically have no centrality of input as part of language acquisition process is problematic, right? So that's that's one thing. But the other thing is is that I think that um, as you know, Steve Krashen is a friend of mine and somebody I've admired um, yeah. for a long time for a variety of reasons. He took a beating. He took a huge beating in the 80s and early 90s. Um, from people, uh, and w- what the uninformed did was because he took a beating um, for the overall uh, ability of his theory to explain stuff. People automatically assumed, or deduced, or concluded, whatever you want to call it, that therefore the role of input was not important, and they and they they said, well, okay, crashing is wrong, so therefore input's wrong. And what people have missed is that here we are in 2016, and input is one of the most central constructs in every mainstream theory of SLA today. Um, and so right. what you had is a political backlash against a particular person in his theory, but some of the underlying constructs were solid and fine, and they got thrown out with the, the you know, the baby got thrown out with the bathwater. And I, So I think that was the other thing that happened. Um, and so I've been spending a long time in my career built, you know, trying to make sure that that Baby didn't go out with the bathwater. Um, so, anyway, um, I, I, think, I think that's what happened, and I think that's why we have a lot of people. And then you have things like TPRS, and, and, the nat- and then the natural approach fell out of favor, too. Tracy Terrell died in the early 90s. Um, uh, very sad, uh, untimely death. And so something like the natural approach dis- disappeared from the uh, psyche of the language teaching profession, and that was a blow you know and so um, so these things all happened almost simultaneously and it just kind of pushed input and and basic principles acquisition out of the way so that was unfortunate I think very unfortunate Um,
5: Well, I think one of the biggest challenges is that well one of the challenges for teachers is that this um, you know this disconnect you know where you have teachers who are talking about the language and maybe during mid-semester they switch teachers and you know, the students would be like, whoa, I'm not used to using the language because I just came from somebody who was teaching grammar the entire hour.
0: Right, right, right. And speak- In a- the
5: English language, you know. Right,
0: right, exactly. And, and speaking of challenges, you just reminded me, because, um, Darren, you called in before. You took a challenge, a SLA challenge quiz before, didn't you? Are you the Darren who took one? No,
5: never. Never? No, nope, never took a challenge.
0: You never took a SLA challenge quiz?
5: No no, and I'm not an expert by any means by the
0: way. So. Oh, because I was gonna say you just, when you said that we're challenged, it triggered in my mind that you know we haven't had anybody call in today yet to take the challenge quiz. So uh, we need somebody to do that. and if nobody calls in, Darren, you're it. You're like, we're going we're, we're getting <laughs> on the wire here. You could win a fabulous prize if you take the challenge quiz.
5: Right, right. Well, um, you know, I can give it a shot, but like I said, I'm not a uh, you know an SLA guru by any means. You know, I'm just a Spanish teacher. You know, and don't. I do the best e- I can oh, I'm going no to go. No kidding. Come on, Okay, but, Mr. Bewitched, yeah, I mean, I'm going
0: to come through the phone and slap you right now for saying I'm just a Spanish teacher. Never say that. Never say that. Oh, okay. Never okay, say
1: okay. It. Darren, so. just keep your eye on Mixler if you want to, and I'm sure they'll give you the answers. So yeah. you
5: know, do you have
0: Mixler <laughs> open? Are you are you do you have, do you have that while you're listening oh, to the show? Okay.
5: Yeah, yeah. Was, well, I've been walking around when I talked to you, but yeah, I got the screen
0: up. Yep. Okay. <laughs> all right then. Well, we're right, gonna go. We're right. gonna go ahead and give you the quiz now, and hopefully somebody else is gonna call in and, and say, okay, I could have gotten that right. We'll see. We'll see what they say after after your quiz. But anyway, so you know okay. how this works. There are three questions, right? And yep, if yep. you get two correct, you get a prize. If you get three correct, you get a super prize. Okay. Okay. and so they're graded they're, there's a BA question is the first one then an MA question and then the third question is the PhD question right so okay. um, so um, so put on your critical thinking skills because sometimes you can, if you don't have a PhD you can get the PhD question right by just listening carefully okay, okay. okay. alright so here's question number one this is the BA level question alright which method has espoused memorization of dialogues as a key component of learning a, the oh. natural approach. B, TPRS. C, audiolingualism. D, Weight Watchers. <laughs>
5: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> so, can for me to repeat? Yeah, one more time.
0: Okay. Which method has espoused memorization of dialogues as a key component of learning? A, the natural approach. B, TPRS. C, audiolingualism, also known as the audiolingual method. D, Weight Watchers.
5: Well, I want to say Weight Watchers, but um, I'm going to say, how about uh, C, the audiolingual method.
0: Ding, 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 ding. Correct. Yay. You know, it could be Weight Watchers. Think about that. (laughs) Because if you spend all your time memorizing dialogues, you won't be eating, right? So maybe that works. I don't know. I don't (laughs) know. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Okay. So okay. So Darren has passed the B.A. question. Here we are to the M.A. level question. You ready? All righty. Okay. Put your thinking cap on. During yep. incide- during incidental acquisition of grammar, where is the learner's primary attention directed? A, to what is being said. B, to how something is said. C, to who is talking. D, Donald Trump's real estate transactions. (laughs) I'm glad you're chuckling, Uh, that's good.
5: uh, Okay, so incidental uh, grammar.
0: Yes, I'll repeat the question for you. During incidental acquisition of grammar, where's the learner's primary attention directed? A, to what is being said? B, to how something is said? C, to who is talking? D, Donald Trump's real estate transactions.
5: Right. Uh, I'm going to say whatever letter. It's, it's like to what is being said, I think.
0: So letter A? Ding, ding, That's ding, ding. Okay. Correct. Yay. Exactly. Uh, under this scenario, what we say is that incidental vac- uh, grammar acquisition happens because you're focused on meaning, right? So right. paying attention to what someone is saying is focusing on meaning, and then grammar slips in through the back door over time. In other words, input, right? We're back to input in a, in a sneaky way there. Okay, so Darren has passed the uh, MA level, won one prize. Let's see if he goes for the big tamale here. Well, actually, it's not tamale, it's, that's, that's English. It's tamal in Spanish. The singular mm-hmm. is a tamal. Okay, so you're going for the big tamal here. Okay, number three. The power of learning curve is a construct in what theory? A universal grammar, B skill acquisition, C processability. D. The theory of relativity.
5: Oh man! This is the PhD sorry, question, I, right? Oh man, my brain's hurting by just hearing this question. Okay. <laughs> One more time. I sh- well, Bill, I'm sorry. One more time.
0: I shall repeat for you, like choral repetition in audiolingualism, <laughs> I shall repeat for you. The power of learning curve is a construct in what theory? A. Universal grammar. B, skill acquisition. C, processability. D, the theory of relativity.
5: I don't know for you. Uh, um, you know what? I'm just, we're going to go with B, as in boy, B.
0: Skill acquisition. So yes. Is that something you want to guess? Well, Darren, you are a good guesser. Ding, 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 Woo-hoo! ding. That's it. The power of learning curve is like the central one of the central constructs in skill acquisition theory. So that was I told you if you put the thinking cap on, you'd get it.
5: Yeah, yeah. I was sweating there
0: for a minute. Yeah, well, you were sweating PhD bullets, weren't you? <laughs>
5: <laughs>
0: yes. You just passed your oral, so we're going to go ahead and award you an honorary doctorate from T with BVP. Nice. <laughs> and, wow. And uh, send you a nice couple of prizes. What's that, What's going to be his prize, Uncle? Tell me what his prize is.
2: Could it be? the new bvp coasters
0: yes you're gonna get a full set you normally just get one but because you did the phd level you get a full set of four coasters that say tea with bvp on them for your dining room coffee table so as your mother slapped you on the hand when you were a kid not to make leave drinks on the table to make rings you're right. gonna have coasters now so you're gonna get rings on your table how's that
5: well, yeah, I was always yelled at that when I was a kid. So Told you. See, <laughs> there you
0: go. So now you can do your mama Sweet. proud. You can do your mama proud and have tea with BBP coasters. All right, Darren. <laughs> yeah. Well, stay on the line. Uh, Emma's going to take your information from you so that um, we can send those out to you um, in the mail tomorrow or early next week. So don't hang up. She'll get that from you. And uh, we will hope to talk to you sometime in the future. You've been a great right, guy. sounds good. Thanks, Darren. Thanks for calling, right. Bye, Darren. bye Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, so uh, Emma should be talking to Darren now. That was nice. Darren's a, Darren's what an earnest person. He's really.
1: Yeah, I was going to comment on something. He said, you know, he talked about how uh, oftentimes teachers just teach the way they were taught. And I think that's something my wife and I have talked about. My wife is in teacher education, as you know. Right. Uh, And uh, it's something we've talked about a lot is how uh, it's, there's actually a, a fair amount of research done on this, how, you know, we spend a lot of this time on teacher education and then send them out into the into the field and they teach the way they were taught <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> right And so how do we get them past because they just rely on what they know and uh, and they think well this is how someone taught me I think so this is how I'm gonna do it even though they, they have all this knowledge but right. they're not able to translate that knowledge into And again it comes back to models so, I mean it comes yep.
0: back to models because one of the people here on, in the Twitter sphere out there on the Twitter um, or the Twitter, um said that one of the best things that happened to her in her education was actually seeing teachers in action. Huh. Yeah. Uh, she said there was a missing link. Th- and I hear this, you know, I think we can both say this, or we, all three of us can say this at the table, is that there's a missing link between the theory and ac- and research and how to actually you can do things in the classroom, um, and what those best practices are. And so, and she's right. And so you learn all this stuff, but then what do I do? Mm-hmm. And so I think that that what happens, we don't give teacher permission to explore. So mm-hmm. one of the things, for example, and in, in, I only have the graduate students here for one semester that work with me um, as teachers in training before they, they're teaching on their own. Well, not completely on their own because we supervise them, right, Walter? But it um, is... We work on principles. We work on principles of acquisition and learning and teaching um, so that they have things to live by and to judge things when they see them. I think what's happening is that teachers aren't getting ways to examine stuff out there and aren't getting ways to explore methods. Um, and so we're not telling them that anything that doesn't fall within these principles, don't do that. Um, and so you're. I think what I like about having knowledge about language, uh, acquisition and language and communication is that it frees you up to explore. Become like Dora the Explorer of language teaching. Get out <laughs> Really, get out there. I mean, that's what conferences are for. That's yeah. what the internet's for. Mm-hmm. You can go on right now. If you don't know what to do in your classroom, I you, you can find six videos of TPRS right away, do people doing things in classrooms. You can find things that people are using comprehensible. You can find people doing different kinds of things. You can find those. Um, and go to conferences, go to workshops. I know it's not the easiest thing um, and it costs money, but it is your livelihood and it's money well spent. Um, as we had Lizette call in one time, she said the best thing that happened to her was when she discovered TPRS. After what was it, 20 years in the profession, something that completely rejuvenated her, she just needed options to explore. Mm -hmm. And so um, what SLA research and language research, all that stuff does, it gives you you ways of looking at the world so you can explore options and and then evaluate them. And I promised, Walter, what did I promise I'd do today? Who asked that question about the principle? What was that question?
1: Oh, it was... um David, he uh, sent us an email asking about you'd mentioned your six principles, but you weren't going to divulge them until you were done
0: teaching your class because you didn't want your students to know what they were until the end of right, the, right end of the semester. So. Okay, so <laughs> what I said I told Walter I'd do is we've got a few minutes here before we wrap up is I'm going to give the I'm going to give a principal a week. From my class, okay. So, oh my gosh, those people. I hope none of the prospective graduate students coming in for next year are listening to this. We we'll have to wipe. Dan, you're gonna have to wipe this clean afterwards. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, the first principle is we have we have seven modules, and the first module is on the nature of language. The second module is on the na- nature of communication. So I'll talk about that next week. But the first module is on the nature of language, and the principle I try to get them to walk away with is that language as an abstract and complex system cannot be taught in any traditional sense. And and you understand that principle once you've gone through the module and you see what the nature of language is and how language works and so on. And then you sit back and you go, oh my God, I, language can't be taught. It can only be acquired over time. Um, and so, uh, so that's one principle. Again, language is too abstract and complex of a system to be taught in any traditional way. And again, that comes back to the idea we talked about several weeks ago there are no rules part of that that principle is that there are no rules to be learned anyway because of the abstract nature of language so anyway so that's one principle and I'll do one on, on next week on communication well I think we're just about out of time my god time flies when you're having a cocktail I should be drinking tea and not having a cocktail <laughs> but sitting next to Walter running for president stresses me out so I have to have a drink and just you know uh, what's, what's, campaign what's, manager. what's his slogan what, yeah, any more slogans come in before we wrap up and you know, no, nothing. What I, I think
2: people got so
0: I think sucked Walter, into
2: the topic that they kind of forgot about the I think your fan base the is campaign. jumping. You like the
0: polls. You just went down yeah, minus actually, I, minus I two points. I'm quite alright with that. I, I
2: don't even. <laughs> I'm not sure that Walter for president is even on today.
0: Oh my gosh, we got to do that. We had to do something about that. You should join the debates tonight. Donald Trump's not going to be <laughs> yeah, there. You there. You can go. take his place. Uh, I'll, I'll be sure to hop right up. On you can the stage. get there again, making SLA great again. I'll have to somehow manage to
1: get my way over to Iowa first. So there you go. If you'd like to buy me a plane ticket to Iowa tonight, please let us know on Mixler on Twitter, <laughs> and I'll be happy to go join the debate.
0: Why don't you Skype in? <laughs> He's always phoning into TV shows and doesn't right. go on. it. He just phones in and says, <laughs> this, you know, or, or does his Instagrams. This guy uses social media like nobody's business. It's kind of fun to watch him anyway. So it's, who it's, me? No. Donald, Donald Trump. Trump. You're yeah. Doppelganger. I was Donald like, Trump. what? Doppelganger.
1: <laughs> that was an insult. Okay. That, <laughs> that is unacceptable. I am not accepting that. I just
0: I just like the word Doppelganger. That's a, just a great word. Like
2: Doppelganger. Doppelganger.
0: doppelganger. How do you, Can say, you it? say it? Better. Doppelganger. 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 Uh-huh. Is that doppelganger. Well, in English, we say I actually wrote a short story called Doppelganger. Read yeah. it. It's good. It's really good. You'd like it. It's like, ooh, it's good. <laughs> um, anyway, <laughs> <Did> <laughs> not you put what you the think little, it is. Uh, umlauts on I here sure here. did. Nice. I sure did. Well, I'm so glad we had this time together. Yeah. <laughs> do you know that song, Walter? Do you You're do you. a 70 year old in a 31 year old body, so. Yeah, if <laughs> only. That's a Carol Burnett <laughs> song. That's a Carol Burnett song. Walter's an old soul, so I figure he knows all the old TV shows like me, so. Well, anyway, that's a Carol Burnett song she used to sing at the end of her song. So we are glad we had this time with you, and we want to remind you to have your colleagues and friends and students sign up with BvP.com and join our newsletter. And remember, you can use these episodes and the show in your classrooms, your quote-unquote methods classes and with your students or whatever. And you can even have your language learners, have your students of Spanish or French listen to some of these things, and they can learn about language learning to help you along and convince them about proficiency. Um, wondering but, why you're doing what you're doing exactly uh, we want to thank our technical producer Daniel Trago, even though he's not doing that today that's Dustin DeFelice, uh, managing all the controls today. Our media producer, Luca Giapponi is back in the booth with everybody today. Our wonderful assistant production manager, Jeff Maloney, who I don't even know if he's around today. I think he took the afternoon off, but we thank him anyway. He's there. There he is, yay, suck his head through. He got he got here, I get to the studio earlier than he does, so that's why I didn't see him. Uh, our most excellent intern, Emma Dunn, she was the one handling the phone calls today. The Center for Language Teaching Advancement, AKA CELTA, we love them of course. College of Arts and Letters at Michigan State University. As a reminder, the ideas and opinions expressed in this program do not reflect anybody that sponsors us. We'll be back next week. Join us at 3 o'clock Eastern time when we will address this issue. There is no such thing as methods anymore. I want to argue that the word method should be stricken from the vocabulary. Until then, have a great weekend. Bye-bye.